Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. You know, I heard somebody, a pastor speaking this week, and, and he was telling his congregation, he said, you know, worship is for the Lord. It's, uh, you know, that I, I've heard, look, I've led worship since I was, I don't know, like 14, 15 years old. And so I've been around it for a while and you hear lots of stuff. And, and uh, I remember, I can recall so many times people just saying, man, I just need some worship. I just need some worship. And um and the truth is, is yes, we, we receive so much more than we know when we're in worship. But worship, what we do, it is, it is all for Him. It's all His. That's, this, it's not like, hey, I just, God, I just need this. No, it's like, Lord, we want to give you something. And I just want to encourage you, when we come and we gather, and even when you're on your own and you're coming before the Lord, there's something about when you come and you're like, I want to bring Him something. It's more than, look, the worship is not just a few songs we sing. Worship is, music is just one of the ways that we bring the Lord something. I love the old Matt Redman song, the coming back to the heart of worship, where it's, I want to bring you more than a song. I was actually hearing him tell this story this week where he said um, in his small town in England, he was from at this church, his pastor just all of a sudden was like, you know what? We're tearing down the sound system. We're moving all the instruments. And he's like, am I losing my job? Am I, you know, and, uh, but the pastor told the congregation, he said, we're going to show up next week. And with no music, we're going to find something to bring to the Lord. I want you to come with an offering to the Lord of just thanksgiving or whatever it is. And us not get lost in thinking that just singing a song is our worship. It's actually bring our heart. And of course, Matt Redman was like, he, he said, you know, it's pretty intense, you know, and he said, I don't recommend anybody just do that unless the Lord tells you to do that. Um, and I'm not telling you that next week we're going to show up and we're going to have it all disassembled. But I'm just saying there's something about when we bring something before the Lord from our heart, not just like, well, I don't like that song. I don't get it. So I'm just going to disengage. To be honest with you, just to give you a little insight. Whenever we're singing up here, it's for me, a lot of times it's rare that I'll even be singing the song because my eyes are on him. And I'm just like, I love hearing the voices, but I'm just telling him what's in my heart to give to him. And uh, and I can tell you, it's why David said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. David knew there was something in him that his spirit man wanted to give to the Lord. And he was like, I've got to tap into that. I've got to tap into that. And there's something inside of you who you really are that longs, it longs to give the Lord an offering of worship and praise. And, uh, and some of you just need to let it out. Some of you have been in your mind, you've been like trying to figure it out. Like, you know, if I sing, is it going to be off key? And, and I'd say this, who cares? Like you need to tell your soul, you might need to use, just use David's words and say, begin to tell your soul, soul, you're going to bless him. You're going to bless him. And you know why, why God wants worship? Cause here's the thing. God doesn't need our worship. He wants our worship. If he needed something, he would no longer be God. He is self-sufficient. He has everything he needs, but he wants worship because we become like what we worship. 
So as you begin to worship the God of peace, you begin to receive peace. You begin to worship the God that is righteous. You begin to receive righteousness. He, he, you, we were created in his image. We talk about that a lot. And what happens is when worship is agreeing with who God really is. It's agreeing with, oh, he is holy. He is the God of revival. So I'm going to declare he's the God of revival. I'm, I, I might not have really believed that before, but I'm coming into alignment with heaven. That's what heaven's saying right now. So I'm going to say that. And so it's hearing what it, it is. As you see him, you're declaring that and saying yes to that. Amen. I'm not speaking on worship today. That was all just free. That was free. Okay. Y'all good? Telling, um, I think I might have said this last. I was telling Pastor Devin before service today. I heard this quote a couple weeks ago, and I've been just chewing on it. Um, but this worship leader said, "Worship has nothing to do with what I want to give God." He said, "Worship has everything to do with what God wants to receive." And. In order for us to know what he wants to receive, we actually have to learn to hear his voice. We have to actually learn to turn aside and say, God, what's on your heart? I think of like Moses with the burning bush. You know, he's walking in the uh, he's walking in a desert type place where it wasn't uncommon for a a bush to catch on fire. It was just dry. It could happen. But there was a burning bush and it just never stopped burning. It just kept burning. And he's probably watching like, this is interesting. And, but it says that Moses turned aside and there's some times in our life where we have to learn to turn aside. I believe the Lord is always wooing us. He's always calling us. He's like, will you turn aside? Will you come and just encounter me? Will you come and slow down long enough so I can speak to you? And, um, you will never be, don't, don't ever, get too busy for the Lord's presence is you can't afford it. You can't afford not to have his presence in your life. And uh, so that was free too. I just, I'm excited about worship. Last week I um, talked about holiness and, um, and we talked about how holiness means to be utterly unique and how the Lord is utterly unique. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. Everything comes from him. It's who he is. And, and I remember growing up in church and there's times where I've heard even like in real passionate youth group, you know, and you talk about holiness. And a lot of times it was like, quit doing that and do better. And, and you're like, oh, no, I'm trying, you know, and, um, and then you just feel like I'm not holy, you know, holiness seemed like, man, maybe one day I'll get there, but it feel, felt like a really far way off, but holiness actually, it isn't, it's not talking about, um, a moral stand. It's not like I've morally gotten everything together in my life. I don't do anything bad. I don't say any bad words. I don't think any bad thoughts. That's not holiness is the Lord is holy. He's utterly unique. It is, it is who he is. He is holy. That's why the angels in heaven, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. There's no one like you. There's no, there's, we don't even necessarily have the words to describe. You are just, you are so unique and holy. And so it's, then we look and God says this, he says, in Peter, he says, I'm holy, so you be holy. And you're like, oh, Lord. But he's not saying, go get everything together. He's saying, let me, let me give you a scripture. First Peter chapter one, verse 13 
It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on this grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to this to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Goes on to say in Peter that we are holy because of the Holy One. It is actually, we only, so here's, here's the deal. The Bible actually says that we have already been made holy. It was actually the work of Jesus on the cross that made you holy. You're learning to walk in it. You're learning to walk in it. And so today, I want to actually just give you a few things. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, but I want to give you three ways that we're walking out holiness. Because if some of you can grasp this, you have already, the moment you said yes to Jesus... The moment you surrendered to him, the moment you made him Lord of your life, his blood has made you clean and his blood has made you holy. It is actually your identity. Again, you're learning to walk in it. That's why at the beginning of what I just read, that's why Peter says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed it is coming. He says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So what he's saying is don't do that because you're holy. He's not saying don't do that. You've got to be holy. He's saying because you are holy, don't do that. It changes it, it. You know, I was telling our prayer team is that one of the things that we've tried to do, we don't always get it right, but um, we'll tell our kids, you know, hey, you know, when they'll hit each other, or call each other a name, we'll say, hey, we we don't do that. We're Vidrines. We love God and we love people. That's who we are because we're giving them identity. We're saying this is who you are. That's why we don't do it. I'm not saying, hey, if you want to be a Vidrine, you better stop doing that. No, I'm saying you are of a dream, so stop doing that. We don't do that. It's different. You know, I always hold, whenever I would hear a message of holiness, it all, again, it always felt like something I was trying to live up to instead of it being something that I already was and I needed to learn to walk in. It changes everything. It does, right? Does anybody need to hear this this morning? Is Maybe some of you, you are like, well, if you knew me, you wouldn't think that I'm holy. But I, my, my, the truth is not dependent on your behavior. The truth is dependent on the word of God and what he's done. So if he's called you holy, then it's true. Again, you're learning to walk in it. Just because you've seen something else manifest in your life, it doesn't make God a liar. It means that you just have to line up with his word. Amen. Amen. And that's how our inheritance works with the Lord is that there is an inheritance for you. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I haven't given my life. I haven't fully surrendered to the Lord. Maybe you've had a form of what like a good Christian can be, but you've never fully surrendered is the Lord is saying, come and surrender to me and receive an inheritance so that you can learn to walk in it. It isn't about like day one, you've got to have it all together. It's about you've invited him in to come and transform your heart and cause you to walk something out. It isn't, I've made a decision now to be a Christian, and so where's the set of rules to follow? It isn't that. It is, I have, it's, it's, not, it's not 
you um, submitting to a, a textbook of things, well, here's how it's done. It's actually you are coming into a relationship that is completely dependent. It is a, it is, you were you made to live like this. This is what we are made for. We were made to be sons and daughters of the living God who created everything. And our lives were meant to be fully submitted to him and who he is. And our lives are hidden in Christ, meaning that as we give ourselves to him, everything that we are supposed to be, comes alive as we give ourselves to him. That's why Jesus said, if any man is trying to find his life, he's going to lose it. But if you'll lose your life, meaning if you'll give up, you're trying and you're figuring it out and come be found in me, you're going to find life. That's where your real life is hidden. So the good news is quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to think that it's all up to you and learn to become dependent, fully dependent on God who created you, who knows you, who, who is orchestra, who can, he can work it all out for you. He wants to, he's a good father. Look, whenever I'm at, at my best, you know, as a dad and my kids ask for something like they ask for a meal, I'm like, man, I really, I'll, I'll do that for them. And there's these times where, I, where, you know, you're just tired and, uh, and you're like, make it yourself, you know? And, you know, I, and, and I know that there is a natural order to like helping your kids find independence, right? But the Lord never, he's never kicking you out. He actually wants you to be in that place of, I want you to depend on me. And what you'll learn is that he does give you strength and he does say, come and co-labor with me. Come and come and walk with me. Come and come and work with me. Let me. And, and so but but still, even the work of our hands, it is just coming alongside the father to say, what are you doing? And I want to do that. Je that's how Jesus did. John chapter five. Go read it. Jesus, when he's confronted by a religious spirit, he says, this is what I do. I'm the I'm a son. That's my father. Whatever he says, that's what I do. And it's good. Amen. All right. Let's let's keep going. I want to I want to say this is because God is holy and he's made you holy that there is supposed to be a distinction about your life. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. He said, you are a light. You are a city. You're a city on a hill. He, 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 there is meant to be something about you that brings flavor to the earth. The very goodness of God exists inside of you. So, there is, so he is utterly unique, and his uniqueness gets to flow in your life and out of your life. I believe that there is a time coming in the body of Christ where we are going to become, we are becoming very distinct in the earth. I believe it's what, it, I, I think for too long we haven't been distinct. It's like, um, you know, I, I think... Sometimes in our attempt as Christians to be relevant to the world is we've allowed some of the world on the inside. And we're meant to be utterly unique like him. And that's why, it, look, it doesn't mean, I think some people feel like, well, to do what you're talking about, everybody's going to think I'm crazy. Everybody's going to think I'm weird. It's just not the truth. I believe the world is hungry for the presence of the Lord. There might be a people who don't understand. Some people might think it's weird. Why don't you do that? Oh, because I'm utterly unique. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And then people might not understand. That's okay. Now, I'm not saying that you have to use all your Christianese with them and talk to them. I'm just saying, I believe that there is something. I believe we are in a time where the world is looking, where people are saying, we want the real and we want the authentic. And I believe like never before people are searching. I believe we have a young generation coming up that are hungry for truth and they're hungry for the real thing. And I believe they're not going to settle for anything less. And I just, I believe that, you know, Jesus is coming back for a spotless bride. I believe that is a bride that is completely distinct. It is, we have completely given ourselves to him, whatever he wants, whatever it looks like. And, um, so let me give you a couple of scripture with that. Malachi 3, verse 17 through 18 says, On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. So you're, you're his treasured possession. And he says this, And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who don't is I believe that the world needs a distinction. They need a distinction. Amen. I love Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when the Peter and John were before the Pharisees. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What if we were a people that are like... They're just ordinary people, but I can tell they've been with Jesus. They've been in this present. There's something they carry that inside of me says, I want that. I need that, that peace that they carry, that the presence of the Lord. There's something, there is eternity inside of them. And something that's longing for eternity is saying, I need what they have. Amen. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So a pattern, it is what's trending. You know, that's a big word in our culture, trending, right? Whatever's trending, that becomes the narrative of our nation. I've seen so many Christians and believers derailed because of what is trending in our society. Something begins to trend. You know, I heard this, and um, I heard that, um, I don't use Twitter, but maybe you do, and maybe if you know what it is, but they said that Twitter has like a, a trending page, okay? Like, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't use it, but they said on this trending page, the things that they highlight, they said if they were to do away with that trending page, they said cancel culture would go away within a couple of days. They said because it is driving cancel culture, it's, it's trending the narrative of the day. And so as believers, Paul here is saying, don't conform to what's trending in the world. Don't conform to what the narrative is, what everybody else is saying. He said, instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, meaning that the only one who transforms and renews your mind is the Lord, the Holy One. There's a better way. 
there's a better way is that his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. And I believe that, you know, whatever you're in agreement with, you become subject to that thing. You give it power in your life. And so what are you agreeing with in your life? What voice, what pattern are you agreeing with? Are you agreeing with every political narrative and every this comes out? I'm not saying I think we should be engaged in the world, that we should have a voice. I believe that. But it's got to come from the voice of heaven within us being spewed out into the world. Amen. Is that I, I just believe that there is something about somebody who has been with the Lord and who has been hearing what he's saying and their, their words are flavored with heaven. There's something about it where it changes rooms and it changes atmospheres. And you just want to be around those people because you're like, they've got the life of God. And I believe that's where he's calling us. But I, I do believe um, I, I, w- I want to get into. Uh, three things as far as walking this out about being distinct. How do we carry that? How do we walk that out? And so number one is this. And but, well, let me give you number one and then I'll say what I was about to say. Number one is we throw off weight and sin. All right. Again, um, it is because you are holy. Throw that off. Because this is who you are, don't give yourself to that, right? And I have seen in the last couple months, um, there have just been many encounters for me and Austin, people that we've counseled, different people that are being counseled by our pastoral staff, where there are major marital issues. There is um, from unfaithfulness to pornography to anger and to all these different things. And, and I just believe it has been the plan of the enemy to destroy the family unit. unit. And I said it last week, but I believe that the Lord is wanting to mark families with holiness. And I believe for fathers and mothers in the room is I, I want us to give our children a good inheritance. I want us to be able to be filled with the life of God and that we are pouring that into the children. In Malachi, it says, the Lord said, what I desire is godly offspring. And I believe his heart is that there would be healthy families, there would be holy families that carry the presence of the Lord that say, you know what, because of who we are in the Lord, we don't do that. We don't, we don't, it's not in a religious way being like, oh, don't touch that. Don't do that. Say no, because of who we are, we're not going to allow that in our home. We're going to set up some parameters. We're going to set up some, some, some guards in our house. So we don't let some things in because the enemy loves to sneak in subtly. And he loves to, to steal, to kill and destroy. That's what he loves to do. And it's easy for us to say, well, it's okay. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, I'm an adult. I can do this. I can watch this. I can see this. And before we know it, we've come into agreement with something that is actually opposing heaven. It's opposing the voice of the Lord. I want to be real with you. I want to be honest because it is too easy for us in this culture to normalize things. And I'm not being the person who's like, oh, don't touch that. That's evil. I'm saying you were made to be holy by the Lord. And I believe that we have to allow the Lord to define holiness and him to define purity and not us just to assume what we think it is. I, I, I know this, I've tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. And, there's no, and 
I can't speak for everybody, but for me, there's nothing better. And I'm not perfect at all. I don't have it together all the, all the time. Every once in a while, I might. But I, I know this, is that I need the presence of the Lord. I need Him. There's a, I, I've learned to just keep coming back to Him. Keep on coming back. Like, Lord, I, I'm, I'm asking you to renew my mind. I'm asking you to transform me. You're the only one who can, but I've, I've tasted heaven and I've tasted your goodness, and I don't want anything else. And I'm learning to walk in it. And we all can learn to walk in it. We can learn to walk in his goodness. We can learn. It's, let me say this, is that holiness is not, a, it's, it's not um, a target out here that you are striving for. It is who you are and you're learning to walk in it. I know I keep repeating that, but it's truth. Is you have been made holy. And we need to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that I've been carrying? What is the weight? What is the sin that I've been carrying that you never asked me to carry? That was not the very best for my life. What is it that I've been wearing and and allowing in my life that is actually inferior? So it's an inferior life than what you actually called me to live. Everything good you could ever want, every good gift comes from the Father. Every good gift. Every, some, maybe some of you are hearing this and you're saying, oh, I've got to give up things that I really like. If, if it's something that, look, I'm not here to try and tell you what it is that you need to knock out of your life. You actually have access to the Lord, to His Holy Spirit who leads you in all truth. And your, your life as a believer is actually to walk in the Spirit. It is not, don't reduce life to a set of rules. It is a relationship with the Spirit of God that leads you to life and life to the fullest. Anything that doesn't come from Him, it will, it might gratify for a moment, but it leads to death. But He wants you to live life to the fullest. He wants you to have a blessed family. All the things that are deep in your heart that you really want, that's what He wants for you, and He wants to lead you to them. I love Psalm 23. He's a good shepherd. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. Right? He leads me beside still waters. He leads you to green pastures. He leads you. He leads you to good. You can trust him. And today, if you're like, hey, I know there's stuff in my life, throw it off. Don't beat yourself up. Throw it off. Throw it off and be holy. Be who you were meant to be. be. Be who the Lord has already called you. Some of you, even right now, you're going through all the things in your mind of what you've been, what you've done. And the Lord, he, he's, he's saying, throw it off. Just throw it off. Give it to me. Give it to me. And he, and he says, give that to me so I can cause you to be who you're always meant to be. He is releasing. He is not hanging anything over your head. That's what the enemy does. Jesus went to the cross to free you from guilt and condemnation. The moment that you said yes to him, the moment you said yes to him. So it's good news. It's good news. I believe the Lord is wanting to mature his people and cause us to walk in who we were always meant to be. All right, so throw off the weight of sin. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off 
everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So he's saying, first, this is who you are. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, a people who are cheering you on, a heavenly host that is saying, come on, this is who you are. And because they're encouraging you and they're for you, he's saying, throw off that stuff, everything that will keep you from encountering heaven and everything good for your life, throw it off. And it says, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So who is Jesus? He is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. So who is it up to to perfect your faith? Jesus. Just let him do it. All right. Um, Then it goes on, for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. All right, so number one, throw off weight and sin. Number two, seek his presence. All right, time is 11.21. Awesome. Got a little bit more time. Y'all doing okay? Good. Um, You know, yeah, so worship, like I said earlier, that's for the Lord. His word, what's happening right now is for you. It's what he's imparting to you. It's what he's speaking to you. Some of you just need to receive it. Just come under the influence of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what are you wanting to do in my life right now? Where are you wanting to speak to me? So number two, seek his presence. I want to read you this in Exodus chapter 33. Starting in verse 12, this is Moses and the Lord having a conversation. It says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So Moses is leading the Israelite people. This is the chapter after um, he had gone up and met with the Lord and the Lord was given the Ten Commandments and uh, the people uh, they, they said, we don't know where Moses went. So can they told the Aaron priest, they said, Hey, will you build us a calf, a golden calf, or the, uh, a God that we can, who will go before us and lead us. It was like in the moment, God had delivered them. God had done all these things. And then the people are like, but we need a God we can see, you know, we need to know that there's a God with us that's going before us. And, uh, and of course, you can go read about this, but this is Moses after he'd came and corrected the Israelites. And then he's, he's, they're about to move forward towards going towards the, um, the promised land. And Moses comes to the Lord and he's saying, Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people? There's that word distinguish again. What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you ask because I am pleased with you and I'll know you by name. You know, This is Moses saying, Lord, I I need your presence. It is what distinguishes me. And I believe that we are to seek the presence of the Lord. We are to seek, you know, the presence actually can be translated face. We, we, We need your face, Lord. 
we need to we need to see you as we see him we get to become like him right we've talked about that a lot but i believe the so the first thing we do walking out holiness is we we throw off weight and we throw off sin but then we learn to come before him and say okay teach me lead me show me what you're like show me what you're up to need you you know last week i talked about you know you know those you can tell sometimes how close you are with somebody, how long you can drive in a car ride together and not feel like I have to say something. You know, you ever been with somebody you didn't really know and you're driving? It could be like your Uber driver. And you're like, so how's it going today? And, you know, you feel like you've got to make conversation or they do. But like when you're with a good friend, it's like I can just sit. We're not, we don't feel pressure to talk. We can just be. And a lot of times with the Lord, it's like we, you can learn to just come and sit. Learn to come and be with him. And uh, I was I was at this conference a few years ago and at the at a church and I ended up sitting right next to this uh, young Australian guy who had awesome accent, you know, and they're like, man, I wish I could talk like that. And uh, he seems so much cooler than me. And uh, and so we're worshiping together and and all of a sudden during worship, he puts his hand on my back and he just began to share with me what he felt like the Lord was saying to me. And he said, uh, you know, I'm not even going to try my I was about to try an Australian accent, but we won't go there. But he he told me, he said, I, I don't know if you surf or not. And I was like, no, I'm not that cool either. I bet you do that, too. And um he said, but I just saw a picture of you sitting on the beach with the father and your surfboards were like stuck in the, the sand. And so we weren't like surfing, but y'all were just sitting and he was just enjoying you and you were enjoying him. And he's longing to just sit with you like that. And at the moment it just ministered to me because before it was like, I felt like when I was with the Lord, I've got to do something. I got to say something, got to bring something in this moment. I needed to hear from the Lord that he wanted to just come and sit with me. That he was like, I just enjoy being with you and I want you to learn to just sit with me because it's in his presence that he's teaching you. Even if words aren't there, his presence is teaching you. When you see his face and you see who he is, you're learning, oh, he's good. I can relax. I can be at ease. He's full of peace and so I can be full of peace. He's full of joy so I can be full of joy. He's righteous, so I can be righteous. So you begin to see him, and it releases you to be like him because you realize he's a good father, right? And so some of you, I believe the Lord's just saying, I want to just come and sit with you. How do you walk out holiness as you sit with him and learn to become like him? Some of you in life, maybe you feel so full of anxiety, and you feel so full of like, oh, i got to do this. I got to. And the Lord's like, just come and sit with me. Just come and know me. Just come and, come and learn just for the sake of relationship to sit with me. Amen? I wanted to read this quote just because I thought it was so good. Um, but just talking about the way that we come before the Lord, a um, guy named Oswald Chambers, a great man of God, he said this. He said, complete weakness and dependence will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest His power. And I believe when I come before him into his presence, I'm coming with weakness and I'm coming independent saying, I need you. I need you. I, got, I just need to be with you. You know, so many times my kids, they'll be in situations where it's like you can tell they're uncomfortable. But if they come and they know dad's just with them or mom's with them, they're okay. 
And there are these moments in life where I'm trying to, where we, we can be trying to walk out what we know the Lord's made us to be, but we're feeling a little shaky. And it's in those moments you've got to learn to come and just sit with Him. And where you come and say, I've got to be with you. I've got to be with you. I've sit with you. You don't have to tell me anything, Lord. I just need to know you're here. I just need your presence. And it's part of walking out holiness. It's part of walking out who you really are in Him is you're just encountered by experience you're encountering Him. You're not just hearing somebody tell you about him or you're not just getting the goosebumps when you're in a cool worship service. But it's like I have sat with him and I know he's here. He is a God to be encountered, a God to be experienced. He is and he's good and he's full of life. He loves to speak to you. He does. But I believe more than he even loves to speak to you, he loves to just know that you you are his And he loves when you know that he is yours, that he's a father to you. And he's come to prove his faithfulness to you. And Jesus said this, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm here. I'm present with you. Some of you just need to become aware that he's present. He doesn't leave you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you behind. He hasn't forgotten about the struggle. He hasn't forgotten about a thing. He's with you. And he's saying, will you look at me? I was watching The Chosen this week. I don't know if you guys have watched that. It's a series about Jesus, and it just shows such the humanity of him. But he's um, Mary Magdalene, who's been with him. She messes up. She goes and kind of goes back to her old life and ends up back with Jesus, and she's in shame. And she's standing before him, and she's like, and he's like, look at me. And she's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. And he's like, look at me. Look at me. Just look. I'm not mad. I'm not holding that. It's not about what you can do. It's not. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to ever repay you. And he's like, I'm not asking you to. He's like, just look at me. And you know, it's beautiful. The way they portrayed this is, uh, you know, the first time there was this encounter with Mary Magdalene, um, Jesus embraced her. He came to her. And this time, as she's coming back, she comes and embraces him. It was like the moment she saw him, she fell into his arms. She's like, I can't, can't help him. And some of you, I believe Jesus is just saying, will you look at me? You said, but I've done all this. And he's saying, I'm not asking you to repay me. I'm not asking you to figure it out. I'm not asking you to make it right. He said, why don't you look at the one who has made it right? Why don't you look at the one who has made you holy? Let me show you what holiness, instead of you trying to figure it out and guess what I want, look at me. And as you see me, you're going to know, you're going to know. And as you know, you're going to be empowered to walk it out. The last thing, number three, is we search his word. His word is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. His word, it cuts away everything that's not supposed to be there so that you can be fully the person that he made you to be. That's what his word does. And so we can listen for his voice, the, the, the whisper. We go to, his, to, to the word of God, to the Bible. And, we're saying, and, and I want to encourage you with this. Let me give you something real practical. Maybe you've struggled with the Bible and you've said, I've tried to read it. I don't understand. It's a lot. Start here, okay? Start with saying, Holy Spirit, where do you want to read today? Instead of it being, I've got to do this, say, what do you want to do? Maybe it's just a verse. Maybe some of you need to try and get off the 10 chapter a day plan and just walk with the Spirit of God and say, what do you want to speak to me? 
It is about relationship. It's about relationship. But his word is full of truth. And when he begins to show you his word and bring it to life in you, it does transform everything inside of you. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You need his word. We need his word. So how are we walking in holiness? How are we learning to walk? Is we're, we're throwing off weight and sin, right? We're seeking his presence. We're learning to come and sit with him. We're learning to step aside like Moses, to turn aside and say, oh, Lord, you're actually just wanting to get together with me right here. I heard, I heard a guy say this. He said, when, he said, before I gave my life to the Lord, I used to, um, I used to keep my door closed all the time to my bedroom. And he said, when I gave my life to the Lord, I would keep it open all the time. And he said, there was something inside me. I knew the Lord was with me always. But he said, whenever I would get home from school or work, I would go into my bedroom and I would close the door. And I saw it as, okay, we're meeting, Lord. This is our place. Right? He said, because I felt like I needed to turn aside, like I needed a place where we were meeting, where we could sit together. And some of you, you know the Lord's always with you, but some of you need to create a space to say, Lord, this is where we can just sit together. This is where we can, where my, my focus is just to be with you. And, um, and he is with you always. Look, I know, um, I know for parents with kids, that can be tough. It can be tough. Like I, um, we've got four and it's like, oh, we're, we're everywhere, but it's like, let's plan and let's figure out how we can be with the Lord. Let's, we need that. We need him above everything else. We need him. And so instead of you trying to say, I got to get it all right. I got, no, you've just got to get with him. You've got to be with him. You've got to look at his face. You've got to get his heart for you. Amen. And the third thing is we search his word. Go to the Bible, open it up, say, Holy Spirit, where are we, where are we landing today? Amen? Will you stand with me? Turn to somebody next to you and say, you are holy. It's true. Let me pray for you and bless you today. Lord, I thank you for your people. Come on, can you, can you just put your hands out in front of you like this, like you're receiving a big gift? And I just want you to tell the Lord, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for making me holy. Thank you that it's not about my holiness. It's not about my righteousness, me getting it together. It's about you. So I receive you today. I receive your word. I receive your life. I receive your presence. I need you. I need you. Lord, I bless your people today. I bless your people. I thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening them even now, that you are imparting courage to their hearts, Lord, a hunger for your presence, that as they see you, Lord, even now as they are encountering your presence, I thank you that they are making decisions to say, I'm going to give my life to know this God who is so good. 
I thank you, Lord, that you're not angry and you're not distant, but you desire and you are jealous for your people, that they would know you, that they would be holy like you are holy, that they would learn to walk in it, Lord, because you are a good father that wants the very best. You want life and life to the fullest. So I thank you, Lord, for your leadership. And I just pray that we would learn to submit to your leadership, that we would learn to come dependent We would learn that it's okay to come in weakness so that we can see the manifestation of your power in our lives. So we just release your people to know you, to encounter you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.